104 years ago, June 1914, a Serbian terrorist group called Black Hand assassinated the Archduke of Austria. It didn't take long for nations to line up against nations and World War I erupted. And new weapons like tanks and new ways to kill like mustard gas brought about the death of 30 million people. Six months uh, into the war, on Christmas Eve, German and British forces were dug into their trenches, facing each other, close enough to hear each other, in fact. And on that Christmas Eve, each side was trying to have a little bit of Christmas in their own way. One German soldier started singing, Silent Night. Some of his fellow soldiers joined in. And the British couldn't understand the words, but they knew the tune. And some of them joined in on a strange German-English duet. When dawn finally broke on Christmas Day, a few of the German soldiers did the unthinkable. They carefully crawled out of their trenches and started walking toward enemy lines, unarmed, shouting, Merry Christmas. The British soldiers, a little distrustful at first, began to crawl out too. And they met in no man's land. They shook hands and they exchanged gifts, plum pudding and cigarettes. They sang a few Christmas carols in two languages. They even played a soccer game. And then they retreated back to their trenches. This unofficial truce was never repeated for the rest of the war at the threat of their officers. But on that Christmas Eve, bitter enemies experienced a little bit of peace because of Christ's birth. You and I should be very thankful that we're not soldiers fighting in a war, shouldn't we? We have some military people with us today. And we thank you for your service. We're not in a war, we're not fighting a war ourselves, but we should be wise enough to realize that there are some battles going on inside of all of us. That's the bad news. The good news is this, 2,000 years ago, God sent his son, the Prince of Peace, so that you and I could have peace no matter what's going on in the world around us. I wonder, has is, is anyone asked you, um, you know, a question like, well, how's your Christmas going? I wonder if any of you said, oh, very peaceful. I, I doubt it. You probably word, used words like busy, frantic, hectic. You may be battling an overloaded schedule, pressure at work, no work at all, an illness, Financial pressure, family problems, marital conflict, you name it. For many of us, a little peace seems like a long way off and something we long for so much. Friend, peace is something that God longs to give you. In fact, he has. So let's go back in history, not 104 years ago. Let's go back 2,000 years ago uh, on a calm, dark night on a slippy, sleepy hill, hillside in, in Palestine. Luke uh, 2 tells us all about that night. Verse 8 says, That night there were shepherds 
staying in the fields nearby. They were guarding their flocks of sheep. You see, it was a very peaceful night. It was dark. It was calm. The sheep were asleep. Nothing was going on. Nothing out of the ordinary. And in verse 9, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. <laughs> they were terrified. Now, if you'd been one of those shepherds, try to imagine what that would have been like. You're in the dark. It's quiet. Nothing's going on. If you'd been one of those shepherds, you would not have thought that God was bringing peace at that moment. You see, actually, at that moment, God disturbs the peace. It was pitch dark, and then God flipped the spotlights of heaven on, and, and the shepherds were blinded by the brilliant glory of God. And, and then there was a single angel that was giving a message, and, and pretty soon that single angel was joined by a choir, ten thousands of angels. And you probably don't know this about angels, but they sing very, very loud. They get so excited about giving glory to God. They sing very loud, louder than you and I do, because they're really into it. It was deafening. Luke tells us the shepherds were terrified. Now, it doesn't say anything about the sheep, but what about the sheep? Sheep are a little bit skittish, aren't they? But there's this blinding light. There's this blaring choir. I, I'm sure that would have terrified them, too. And, you know, while sheep aren't exactly racehorses, I'm sure they would have bolted in all directions. Friends. Do you know that sometimes God deliberately disturbs the peace? You know why? You know why God sometimes allows a little chaos? Because for some of us, that's the only time God gets our attention. That's the only thing that makes us wake up. That's the only thing that lets us know that God is doing something. And it's something great. You see, God was up to something awesome that night. That's why he disturbed the peace. He wanted the shepherds to meet his son as their savior and as their Lord and as their master and as their king and as their provider. And friend, God wants you to meet his son too. God wants you to meet his son too. So verse 10, the story goes on. The angel reassured them, hey, you're terrified. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, God's anointed. He has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you're going to recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. There weren't too many babies lying in a manger that night. There was one. And suddenly the angel was, was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, and they were praising God, and they were saying, glory to God in the highest, and peace. And peace. And peace, not just in heaven. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds, after coming undazed, said to each other, let's go. 
Let's go to Bethlehem. We've got to see this thing that has happened that the Lord has appeared and told us all about. And so they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and, and there was the babe lying in that manger, just like God said. Friend, God disturbed the peace of the shepherds that night because God had a far greater kind of peace for them, the Prince of Peace. When we think about peace, we think about, well, I don't have that now. But you know, when, when, when life gets easier, I'll have peace. You know, I don't have a lot of peace right now. But you know, when I get a little more money and, and take care of things, you know, then, then I'm going to have peace. Friend, that, that's not peace. When this happens, when this thing here on earth is taken care of, that's not peace. That's, that's pie in the sky peace. It doesn't satisfy you for long. It doesn't last. And it really doesn't matter eternally. An easier life, more money, more pleasure. Those are what I call peace placebos. You know what placebos are, don't you? It's fake medicine. It doesn't help you. There's nothing in it of value. And that's what the peace that we think that we can get from other things, they're placebos. We think peace is the absence of conflict. No, no. Mm -mm. Genuine peace is not the absence of conflict. You know what genuine peace is? Supernatural peace that got it? It's resolving our conflicts God's way and with God's spirit in our lives. Peace is... Not the absence of activity. We think, oh, if I only had a little peace and quiet. And by that you mean, if only if I didn't have anything to do, I could get, sit in a recliner and put my feet up and drink iced tea. Peace is not the absence of activity. It's doing activity that matters. Peace is not doing whatever I want. Peace is doing what God created me to do. Peace is not having no one else bother you. Peace is loving God and loving those who do. So this morning, what is, what is peace? This peace that, that Jesus promised to the shepherds who were under the thumb of Rome and were poor people, working hard people that had very little of anything that we would call good. What is pure, genuine, perfect, supernatural peace? Well, friend, peace is possible in chaos. Peace is possible in chaos, in your chaos, because of Emmanuel. God is with us. God is with us in the darkest night and the loudest conflict. God is with us, and greater that is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Peace is possible. Peace is the presence of God in our lives. See, God came to be with those shepherds that night. And what did they do? They didn't stay there. They got up and they went to be in the presence of the Prince of Peace. Friend, that's peace when we're in the presence of God's Son, the Prince of Peace. Peace is a person. Jesus Christ is our peace. It's not just everything going smoothly. It is a person who is sovereign, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why, why is Jesus 
our peace. Why is he the only one that can give us real supernatural peace? Because every one of us have sinned. I see some wonderful, good people here today, but you know what? Every one of us have sinned. Every one of us have disobeyed God many, many times, okay? And sin makes us feel guilty. We weren't wired to live with the guilt of sin. And friend, that's why Jesus came, to die. So our sins could be forgiven and we could be in a right relationship with God. And, and friend, you really can't have a, uh, spiritual, internal, eternal peace without Jesus because he's the only one who can save us from our sin. If we try to ignore the Prince of Peace, as so many do, <laughs> You know, we live in a world that's just trying to remove Jesus' name, you know, from prayers, from posters on school or office uh, halls, in every way, trying to take Christ and make, instead of Christmas, calling it uh, holidays. Friend, if we try to ignore the Prince of Peace, we'll never have peace. We won't have peace with others. If we don't have peace with ourselves, if we don't have peace with God, supernatural peace. Now see, the shepherds were sitting there in the dark, the sheep are asleep, they're slumbering. Ah, see, that, they thought that was peace, okay? It was calm, it was quiet. But how long was that going to last? That was a temporary peace. That was, that was a superficial peace. God came, came down to give them a supernatural peace. So how do we find that? Well, let's see what the shepherds did. How do we find that supernatural peace of God and experience in our lives? Number one, you want, a, you want that kind of peace? What do we get and what do we need to do? We find that when we stop staying where we are. And we start going to Jesus. It, it, Luke 2.8, I love this. It says, the shepherds were staying in the fields. <laughs> they were stationary. <laughs> they weren't doing it. They were passive. Friend, genuine peace is not passive. We think, well, you know, if I avoid all the problems, if I avoid problem people, if I insulate myself, you know, if I don't do anything to cause any problems or stir up any conflicts, then I'm going to have peace. No, Peace is not passive. Jesus didn't say, blessed are the peace lovers. He said, blessed are the peace makers. In the body of Christ, we are commanded to keep the peace that God has given us. It's, it's very active. Doing nothing doesn't make peace. Doing what God says makes peace. Verse 8 says that the, they were staying in the fields and that they were nearby where Jesus was born. Now I want you to think about that because our theme this, for this Christmas uh, study this, this year is God with us. That's what Emmanuel means. It means God with us. Friend, <clears throat> Jesus didn't come so we would be kind of near Jesus. And see, that's what we as humans often want to settle for. We, wanna, we don't want to get Jesus 
too close, all right? You know, we want him in our corner so that when, you know, a problem comes up, we can call on him to bail us out. But we may not want him real close. We may not want to be thinking about him when we're doing what we shouldn't do, when we're doing what we want to do. No, not too close, and we kind of stiff-arm Jesus. Jesus, I, I want you here, but not, not too close. Jesus calls us to come close, to walk with him, to talk to him all day, to think about him, to ask him, what should we do? What should we say? He wants us real close, not nearby, real close. Second thing, verse 8 tells us that they were not only staying in the fields, it also tells us that they were guarding the sheep. I think that's good. We find genuine supernatural peace when we stop guarding all God has given us. And we start giving to God and to others. Uh, we know the wise men brought gifts when they came to Jesus. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right? Now, it doesn't say anything about the shepherds. How many of you think they brought a gift? I do. Maybe they brought one of those lambs that they were watching. Did you know that these shepherds, this is right near, this outside Bethlehem and Bethlehem and in between uh, where they were guarding, watching the sheep was between Bethlehem and the temple in Jerusalem. And in the temple in Jerusalem, and this Jesus was probably born near Passover, they were probably watching the sheep that would be sacrificed on Passover. They were guarding them. I think they brought one of those lambs, one of those sacrificial lambs, and they brought it to the Lamb of God who would die so that lambs would never have to die again and so that you and I wouldn't have to die for our sin. I think we really need to stop guarding what God's given us and start giving it. Giving it to God. Giving it to others. And, and I know a, a lot of people think that giving to God is a waste. Uh, when Jesus was anointed with very expensive perfumes, everybody in the crowd said, oh man, what a waste pouring out that perfume on Jesus. Jesus said, no, it wasn't a waste. She's done something that has eternal value. A lot of people think, well, I don't have enough to give. Oh no, God, God has given you things to give. And you know what? When we give to God, then God's going to take better care of you on the remainder than you could take care of yourself on the whole amount. Because then we're showing our love. We're showing that we truly trust God. We experience supernatural peace when we stop guarding what God's given us and we start giving it for his purposes and his glory. Third, we find genuine supernatural peace when we stop watching what's all around us and we start worshiping the God who is above us. The shepherds were watching the sheep. Well, obviously they are. That was their job, all right? But see, that's all they saw. 
That's all they saw that. They didn't see the, the Messiah, the Son of God, being born in Bethlehem just a, a mile or so away. They didn't see that. They were watching their world. Let's be honest. We spend a lot more time watching our world than worshiping our God. <laughs> we Americans, we spend so much time watching TV. Spend a lot more time watching TV than worshiping our Savior. It's, uh, it's past Thursday in our men's group. Uh, there was a guy who came in, and he was just really excited. He said, you know what, guys? He said, I am just having so much more joy and peace in my life. And the reason is, I stopped watching cable news. Now we can all understand that, okay? Friend, we're not going to get peace from watching the world. We're not going to get peace from all the hours we spend on our electronic devices. We're not going to get peace from a pill, a bottle, entertainment, shopping, eating and drinking. Those won't give us peace. We experience a genuine supernatural peace when we start watching what's going on all around us and we, and we look up and we start worshiping the God who is above us. Let's finish our story. Verse 17. After seeing this angel, after hearing the announcement, the shepherds, or excuse me, after seeing him, they'd gone to the, to the manger. They'd seen the Messiah, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God is with us, the Prince of Peace. After seeing him, the shepherds told everybody. On their way back, they told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they'd heard and seen. It was just as the angel had said. Friend, the shepherds told everyone about Jesus. Have you told anyone? This week, God put people in your life God put people in your path, in your office, at your school, on your street. Have you told anyone about the Lord Jesus, the Christ of Christmas? You see, that's the fourth thing. We stop, we find a genuine supernatural peace when we stop keeping the good news to ourselves and we start telling others. That's why we're here. Peace. Peace from the only source where you'll truly find it, the Prince of Peace. Our country is not very peaceful right now, is it? Uh, I, I think we're experiencing more conflict, more, more strife, more hostility, more division in our country than at any time in my life. And there have been days when I thought our country has never been so divided. Then I remember from history that once our country was divided in the Civil War, Americans killing Americans. 
roughly 1,264,000 American soldiers have died in wars, in our nation's wars. Did you know that half of them died in the Civil War? In fact, it was not until Vietnam that the number of people, or the number of soldiers who had died in conflict in foreign soils finally equaled the amount that died here on American soil, American versus American. In 1862, the great poet Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's son was fighting in the human army. He was severely wounded. Two years later, in the fourth year, as that tragic war just dragged on and on and on, Longfellow expressed the feelings of his own feelings and the feelings of so many Americans, weary with the long and bloody battles. And he wrote a beautiful but haunting verse. You've heard it. He wrote, I heard the bells on Christmas Day their old familiar carols play and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth goodwill to men and in despair I bowed my head there is no peace on earth I said for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth goodwill to men and I would imagine that because Longfellow's own son was severely wounded fighting for the North. Longfellow wrote a verse that you've probably not heard because it's not sung and rarely in print, but he wrote this. Then from each loud accursed mouth the cannon thundered in the South. And with the sound the carols drowned of peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was as if an earthquake rent the hearthstones of a continent and made forlorn the households born of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Why is there war in our world? Why do men hate men? Why is there conflict? Why is there strife? Why is there division? Why is there hostility? Sin. Sin. Every one of us have disobeyed our Creator. And friend, that's why God sent His Son. That's why we have Christmas. The only way our sins could be forgiven is through the sacrifice of His only Son, the spotless Lamb of God, sufficient to forgive the sins of the world. And Jesus died on that cross to pay the penalty for your sins, for mine. When you stand before God, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're not going to have to answer for your sins because Jesus Christ did on the cross. And that's the message of Christmas. But it didn't end there, did it? What happened three days later? Three days later, God raised Jesus from the dead to prove two very important things. Number one, God accepted the sacrifice of Jesus for your sins and for mine. And we won't answer for them. They're under the blood of Jesus Christ. And you know what the second thing, 
Jesus being raised from the dead prove? That he's coming back. Friend, Christmas 2,000 years ago was only act one. Act two is when the clouds break apart. And there is our king who will establish the perfect kingdom of God forever and ever and ever. Friend, that's what Christmas is all about. It's all about the Prince of Peace. Jesus Christ <coughs> made peace with God for you and for me. That, that's how we can be, have peace with God. So we could have real peace. So we could have supernatural peace. So we could have eternal peace. So we could have internal peace. While we're here on earth, today and forever. That, that civil war grieved Longfellow and, and thousands, tens of thousands of other parents whose sons were, were slain or badly maimed. But Longfellow knew it wasn't God who disturbed the peace in our world and in our lives. The final verse of his epic, that <clears throat> the final verse of his Excuse me, no, what happened there? This is the final verse of Longfellow's epic poem. It, it brings us back to the peace that God offers you and me. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail. When Jesus Christ returns. The right prevail when he makes everything right. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. He was echoing what Romans 5.1 tells us. Therefore, since we have been made right with God. In God's sight by faith in him. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Friend. The only way to have peace with God is through our Lord Jesus Christ. We won't have peace with others if we don't have peace with ourselves, if we don't have peace with God. God longs for you to experience peace on earth now and forever. Peace on earth, peace with God, peace with ourselves, peace with others. Because the Prince of Peace has come. And if we know him and if we follow him, that can be a daily reality in our lives. May you know the Prince of Peace. Would you bow with me, please? Oh, God. It's easy to just kind of visualize that baby lying in a manger. And like all babies, isn't he sweet? Isn't he isn't that precious? Isn't that adorable? I'm sure it was. But God, there's so much more to the birth of Jesus. He's the Messiah. God's anointed one. The one that, that God anointed to take care of our sin problem and the, the death sentence all over our head for all who sin have fallen short of the glory of God. The soul that sins shall die. And Jesus Christ paid the price. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. And he's our coming King. 
And, and friend, while your heads bow, you going to heaven? When I ask people that, pe most people say, well, I hope so. Friend, God wants you to know so. If you're walking with his son Jesus, you're going to heaven. If you've asked him to be your savior and Lord, Lord of your life, you're walking with him, you're going to heaven. And that's a gift that God wants to give to you. Accept it today. And then we can experience that peace on earth, peace in our life. It doesn't matter what is going on around us. Father, thank you that we have the Prince of Peace and greater who is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And Father, help us to experience that peace so that as others see us, they would know and we would tell them it's Jesus. It's Jesus, my Savior, my Lord, my coming King. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.